When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Join Josh and Chuck, the guys who bring you Stuff You Should Know, as they take a trip around the world to help you get smarter in a topsy-turvy economy. Check out the all-new Super Stuff Guide to the Economy from HowStuffWorks.com, available now exclusively on iTunes. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ben here with How Stuff Works auto editor Scott. Scott, how was your vacation? Uh, it was fantastic, Ben. Thank you. Now, a lot of our listeners probably uh, haven't heard yet that uh, you, you just got back, right? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, it was a pretty awesome trip. I went to Vegas and uh, I guess I was just mentioning to you here in the studio that uh, I saw some authentic rat rods on the uh, on the road while I was there and it was pretty exciting. I was excited by the whole thing it was good yeah yeah, yeah. I, I just hadn't really been around them in detroit there were a few mm-hmm. these were southwest really awesome looking rat rides they were there for the uh the viva las vegas rockabilly show thing that was happening there and it was really cool well, that's cool, cool man. event didn't get to drive one yet though. No, no i didn't but you know just to see them on the road it's it's totally different than seeing you know the just the images and uh it's, it's really cool it well while while you were away i had mm-hmm. a lot of time to think about automotive related subjects. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did. I did take a moment or two. Yeah. Okay. You need and a vacation too. Yeah, I've got a pretty I think I've got a pretty good one. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Can cars run on air? It's a wild idea, hmm. I know. Hmm. Uh the answer is yes. They can run on air. Which oh. just seem, seems unbelievable, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess I, I guess I should have made that a, a more <laughs> complex question because now it sounds like we're yeah, done. Yeah, we're done. Thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> Um, and we're back. How, yeah. do, how does that no, work? No, it's uh, it, really it's possible. And there's a company that's doing it right now. Um, it's a French oh. company. Uh-huh. They're they're building cars that run on air. They run on compressed air. Is it a French company people have heard of? Uh, possibly. I mean, well, they're kind of tied into uh, the Indian company Tata Motors, which um, you probably remember very recently, or maybe maybe not. I don't know. But mm-hmm. they they've develop the the world's cheapest car the tata uh, nano that's right yeah, yeah. and uh this, this car is under two thousand bucks i think is what they said and uh they're they're 
partnered with them, or actually they have the support of Tata Motors. The, the company called MDI, which stands for Motor Development International. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I said it's a French company, mm-hmm. and they're developing these engines that operate on compressed air. And they've got they they not only do that, they they make the vehicles that these things go into. So they're they're creating the entire package. Oh, that's super cool. I yeah. guess in in some ways it's almost like an indie car company. Which... Uh, yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, it, well, it really is. Uh, they're they're more of a a motor development company, is what you know. It's right there in their name, but uh-huh. they're designing, like I said, they're designing the whole package to go with it because that makes sense. You know, I mean, how to how to apply the technology. Okay, so it's not it's not as though this car is just rolling off of air coming into the intake in the front no no it's not like uh it's not like that it's not like a um it just it regenerates itself as it drives through the air nothing like that it doesn't just gather ambient air i guess to operate you have to compress the air and then use that compressed air to operate this this well to change it into rotational energy which is then used to drive the wheels oh uh, okay okay so basically you know it's comp- again compressed air in this in this big tank Again, tra- changes it to rotational energy, drives the wheels. The problem is, how do you compress that air? I mean, it, you you do it at home. Because, okay, here's the problem. All right, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into this. Just we'll we'll give some advantages and disadvantages. Okay. Here here's one disadvantage right now is that um, you have to compress the air somehow, and it actually takes quite a bit of time to compress the amount of air needed to make one of these things move. Because you can imagine, it takes a lot of uh, a lot of air to make a vehicle move. Probably doesn't matter. heavy, too. The uh, vehicle, I mean, in comparison to other vehicles, it's maybe not that heavy, it's, but it's still a lot of weight to push. It, it is a lot of weight to push. They are pretty lightweight, though. Uh, they're, they're on the, the light side. I'll, um, I'll, I'll find it here somewhere. I've got in my notes the, uh, yeah. the weight of these things. But, um, yeah, the idea is that you, know, you, you compress this, this big mass of air, a lot of air, large volume of air, I should say. Uh-huh. It takes some time to do that. It, do, it doesn't happen instantly. It doesn't happen in just a couple of minutes, even. Um, although it might someday, mm-hmm. um, but if you plug these things in at home, it takes a, a typical compressor at home, like a you know something that you would use to pump up your tires on your car, okay. you know, a small air compressor. It might take as many as a couple of hours, two or three hours even. Wow! To so fill you have the to, tank, you have to plan ahead. Yeah, that's right. And that and that fuel or that <laughs> that fuel that compressed air is good for about, I think they said approximately 130 miles between when you have to charge this thing up again. Okay, so this is more. This starts starting to sound more like a, a city car. Yeah, it is really. It's okay. a. It's it's a. Uh, it's a commuter type vehicle. Okay. Well, what? Okay. Uh, let, I'm sorry. I'm stuttering because I'm trying to ask a bunch of questions at okay. once. I mean, what? How? How would it work if you drive half that distance, say, right, mm-hmm. yeah. sixty-five miles or something? Sure. And then you want to recharge it. Uh, you, you would. You would simply plug the car in. It has an onboard compressor. Oh, okay. uh, you plug it in, and now, okay, that, that's sometimes they, they're saying that some of these vehicles will have onboard compressors, some won't. Eventually, eventually they probably will have something different. We'll, I'll talk about that in a moment too. Sure. Okay, I'm, I'm getting to a lot of things that we're going to have to talk about. Yeah, I hope, yeah, I hope I remember can, them all. We'll, but we'll go through them. The idea is that you drive this thing to and from work. You come home, you plug it in, and it charges itself in two or three hours, and you're done. You drive off the next day and go to work. So it's never. This is not your drive to Vegas car. No, no, no. This would be, um, you know, at long distances. That would be another disadvantage is that you know you would have to pull over, refuel this thing with air, I guess, and yeah. you know recompress the air, compress the air, and. It may take as many as two or three hours to fill the tank. Now, if you go to a station that's purposely built for this, that the air is already compressed, this may exist in the future. You know, this is the kind of thing where, um, you know, it may just take a couple of minutes 
to do this. It may I take see. two or three minutes at uh-huh. most. Now, the the same problem is kind of occurring with this, or the idea is that, um, let's say right now we ha- we don't have many electric we don't have any electric cars, fully electric cars that are mass produced. We have a few that are you know, yeah, again, independent companies yeah. that are making them, but there's no, you know consistency in the places that you can pull over to have these things charged up or quickly charge them or or you know swap out batteries or whatever uh, the yeah. whatever the way to refuel these things would be there's no infrastructure that's right there's no infrastructure so um same thing with these air cars is that you know until something's in place for you know you to, to make these long distance travels it's just not really going to be all that practical well you know i'm going to raise a point that i think most people think is an advantage mm-hmm. and if you're okay with it i think i've i think i may have figured out why <laughs> that's not quite the case no i'm not okay with it brother. you're not okay with yeah, it yeah what, what what is it okay right. all right um so one argument it sounds like mm-hmm. uh one argument would be that these cars would perhaps be more environmentally friendly because of course they don't use gasoline in the vehicle mm-hmm. but the argument Against that argument would be that using the compressor, it really depends on what is, is powering the compressor, right? That's right, yeah. Like, probably electricity. Uh-huh. And electricity is generated at a big plant somewhere. Right, usually coal, a lot of coal power. A here. lot of coal power, coal power, that's right. So, um, But, you know, it's not to say that it couldn't be, you know, created cleanly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there, there's trade-offs, I guess. I mean, yeah. you still, you know, you're, you're in this air car. It does have a compressor, or or it you know requires a compressor to fill it, um, and that has to come. That energy to run that compressor has to come from somewhere, mm-hmm. and like you said, it could be from a you know a power source at home. There could be a version. Now, I think the early versions of these are talking about having. Okay, see, we're getting to one of our one of our points here. That's good. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> I remembered. Um, early versions may have onboard compressors that can kind of operate on the fly. Oh, neat. Okay. So that may extend the range. And now they're talking, I've seen numbers as high as, you know, 800 miles, 1,000 miles, whatever. To me, I don't know, it sounds like maybe you'd be able to go indefinitely, but maybe not because an onboard compressor, you wouldn't be able to run that using electricity. You would have to use gasoline to operate that. Uh, it'd be so a hybrid almost. It kind of would, yeah, in, in a sense. it would. It, the gasoline would, would power the compressor that would then fill the tank. So, you know, 800 to 1,000 miles sounds about right, I suppose. Okay. Because, you know, you're traveling a certain distance, the compressor kicks on, mm-hmm. compresses it or compresses it as it goes, so you never really run out. Um, now, probably, I think the other numbers that I saw said something about, you know, maybe as much as eight gallons of fuel on board. So, uh, you know, that, mm-hmm. again, that, that kind of gets into the, okay, well, now how many miles you're getting per gallon? And, right. You know, so it adds another... Uh, level to it, I suppose. Yeah, another um, another uh, area of calculation. And then, and then that does create, you know, of course that's internal combustion, really. Right, so you for know, some people it might defeat the purpose, but... Maybe, but you're still talking about an extremely efficient vehicle that, you know, um, produces far less uh, carbon emissions than, than would a, a standard vehicle that's operating only on um, internal combustion. Well, let's go with let's let's go with the size of these because mm-hmm. you said they're pretty lightweight. Oh yeah, uh, I'm thinking this is probably doesn't look like your average sedan, does it? No, have you seen? Have you you haven't seen the photos then? No. You, okay. Yeah. Okay. You told me not to look at them. <laughs> yeah, because okay. it's kind of surprising. Okay, Ben. Without being, I don't, I don't want to be sensational about this or whatever, but to me, uh-huh. the vehicle that we feature in our article on HowStuffWorks.com, mm-hmm. uh, the air, it's called the AirPod One. 
I think it's what MDI's AirPod One. When you see this thing, to me, it appears like a ride at Chuck E. Cheese's. A ride? At- <laughs> yeah. It, it looks like a kid's ride at Chuck E. Cheese. And, and it's because it has round windows. It's, it's, it's called the AirPod One. It's a very small car, as you can imagine, real um, rounded, I guess. It's real tall, okay. uh, somewhat narrow. Um, has two wheels in the back that look, you know, pretty big, um, kind of like big bicycle tires or something like that. Um, let me let me check this out. Small car tires, I guess. Th- this is what you're talking about. That's the one. Oh man! And in the front, <laughs> in the front, there are uh-huh. two very small wheels. You can't see them in that photo, but okay. um, you can find photos of this thing online. You should take take a look. Okay. Very unusual seating pattern in this thing as well. Um, they apparently, I'm going by it now. The, the site that I saw, this is MDI site. Mm-hmm. All French, oh, or at least the version I was looking at. I probably should have looked around for you know the the English version, but um, I'm gathering that they're around. They're a little less than 500 pounds. 500 the, pounds. The car, yeah, that's amazing. We add the people. You know, it, it seats. It says it'll seat four people. That's three adults and one child. There's a small seat for a child, I guess. And here's this is really odd. The driver sits alone in the front. Facing one way, kind of like if it's like a triangle-shaped vehicle, he sits mm-hmm. at, the, at the peak of the triangle, I guess, the front of the triangle, okay, and drives that way. And there's a joystick that operates this car. It's not a, it's not a steering wheel. Not a wheel. The whole front end opens up. It kind of pop, flips open. I'm making a motion with my hand. Looks like a gullwing door. Like, goes in like the front. a hatchback on the front. Almost. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you climb in and sit in that way, and that's the driver. The two passengers sit facing rearward in the back side by side and I, I i couldn't tell where that third seat was i couldn't see it where are they hiding that kid? i don't know <laughs> i don't know but there's not much room in it it's definitely a commuter car very small um I don't, there's there's a whole group of cars that this company makes that um use this air engine or air, air compressed or compressed yeah. air engine rather and um so it's not the, the airpod one is not the only vehicle that they that they make they make something called the one air or one flow air uh, the mini flow air, the city flow air, and the multi flow air, and the one flow air is a five seater. Um, has again the central driving position, which is a central driving position. So you have two passengers on either side, and then two in the back. Um, huh. Strange cars, I'll tell you. Yeah. You should you should really check out the MDI site. I really want to and and see the photos. Okay. There's this mini flow air, um, which is similar to me. Looks similar to me. Then there's the city flow air, which has six seats. And has kind of like an open cargo area in the back, and to me from the side it looked like um, almost like a like a tiny little pickup truck bed. But then there are other versions on the site that had that cover that area covered as well. Oh, okay, okay. But a six seater, yeah, that's, compressed that's air. pretty surprising. Yeah, it is. It really is. And then there's the <laughs> this is maybe the most surprising of all to me. I don't know why. Uh, Multi flow air, which is kind of a bus train idea. Um, it's it's one vehicle. It looks like a small bus. Okay. And then you can hook wagons to that vehicle that can carry additional passengers so you could have as many as four of these vehicles tied together or at least the the illustration had four uh-huh. um it looks like a small train that this thing is pulling and of course you know powered by compressed air that's weird yeah it really is it's really kind that, of an interesting I, idea and we we've examined alternatives to gasoline engines mm-hmm. uh, in several other episodes yeah um Let's see. We've done what have we done? We've done ethanol a have little we, bit. Have we talked about switchgrass? There's, there's maybe not. 
Um, you can power a car with switchgrass. Right. Um, ethanol, of course. We've talked about uh, that. Hydrogen. Hydrogen's another good yeah. one. Um, we have an article that's called, um, I think it's five alternative fuels that never made it out of the lab. We should <laughs> oh, talk yeah, about yeah. that one. I mean, there's everything from diapers to garbage to yeah. uh, <laughs> there's there's something about cats. I mean, it's it's odd. So you'll, we you'll, should, that that uh, listeners out there, uh, please consider that a plug. For an upcoming episode. <laughs> the, and the reason I'm asking about this alternative fuel, you know, a yeah. lot of people, given the recent instability in gas prices, mm-hmm. are looking for a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, and I'm going to ask you this question. I, I always ask you some version of this, um, and I want you to answer it in two ways. The question is, what do you think of the air car? And the two ways I'd like you to answer, and I feel they might be a little different. First, in your expert opinion, and then second, cool factor. Okay. Okay. Expert opinion first. Expert opinion first. Yeah. Okay. Go then. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, yes, I think that uh, I think it's possible for city city car travel. Um, we've seen a lot of different cars like this for city car travel, um, or city travel rather, and um, we've had some that are just outright called city cars. We've had you know these small folding car type things and you know um oh, yeah and like you know, the mini yeah and... the mini well yeah even smaller than that i'm talking like the uh the electric you know run about the city type cars oh yeah um even uh the ones in the news recently the puma vehicle oh, puma the uh, personal personal urban, urban motili- motility no, no motility. Oh, well, yeah. mobility, mobility something yeah um interesting idea it was the segway gm combo mm. vehicle um and I think that it's possible. I think that you know something like this is is a good idea for city travel. Now on the open road, you know, highway travel, clearly not. I mean, as soon as you see this thing, if you, you know, take the time to take mm-hmm. a look at a photo of it, um, I, I don't think that um, something like this would stand up to um, the Insurance Institute of uh, for Highway Safety standards that you know vehicles here in the United States have to uphold. Yeah, um, it okay. just, it, I just don't think that it would make it. Um, and also. This this is sort of a minor point, but it goes back to what you said about infrastructure, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem as though it's really designed to be a long haul. So maybe there's maybe the technology in present form mm-hmm. is not adequate. You know, we can't replace all the sixteen wheeler convoys. Right? Oh, no, no, definitely not. These not these aren't really meant to haul heavy yeah. freight anywhere. These are these are meant to get to and from work. Maybe to the grocery store, but uh, you'd have to have a different model in order to be able to carry those groceries back home. Um, oh, sure. There's just not enough space, really, I mean, unless you pile them up, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, I think that it has its place, maybe not on the highways. Maybe not you know, on the highways. City travel, sure, why not? You know, Or you know, maybe one of these vehicles that you rent in a touristy-type town to drive up and down you know, <laughs> the, the main strip there, and that's about it. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. No, that's not necessarily specific. a bad thing. Yeah, I just don't think that really it really has a, a, a mass-marketable appeal. Okay. What? Okay, then how about this, Scott? Coolness factor. Would mm-hmm. you drive one? I would like to. I think it would be kind of cool to have one just uh, almost as a... Uh, well, it'd have to be a second or even a third car, really. Um, okay, yeah. It just couldn't be your main mode of transportation. It just doesn't have the uh, the storage. It's not very practical. Um, I, it's just a really, really odd car, Ben. I mean, check it out, and you'll see what I mean. Yeah. Look at the site, the MDI site, and um, you'll see that, like I said, it's just not something that you would want to be your primary form of transportation, but it is cool. Yeah, I you know, I, I don't know if I would get rid of the car I have now for this one. Mm-hmm. I could see it, as you're saying, as a second car maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but I think also you might not like it because it doesn't. It's not the fastest car. It doesn't look. It it, it just <laughs> it has a real. I, I I don't mean to be, you know, um, coarser. You know. Yeah. You know what I mean. I don't mean to be um, derogatory. Yeah, or exactly. Anything. I'm not trying to put it down or anything, but it just has an odd look to it that I don't think I could really see myself really buying one of these. Okay, I don't, I don't that's know. what you're saying. It's it's innovative though, and it's it's. I think it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good idea. I'd really like to drive one. Yeah, at I would some too. Point. Might be cool to you know have one in your garage and hop in it to uh, you know head down to the pool or the tennis courts or something like that with a joystick. Man? Yeah, Come on. that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, and, I, I always like kind of different innovative ways to steer. That's kind of a yeah. cool thing. We uh, could oh we could do something on that. Yeah, maybe go all the way back to uh, Kit from Knight Rider. Oh and man, kind of that unique. Well, anyways, we're getting way. Well, on top you know, of when a Knight Rider reference comes up, yeah. that usually means yeah. that we're. We're wrapping up the show <laughs> for the day. Um, Scott, thank you again for breaking down the, the science behind air cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, for all our listeners out there, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, if you would like to send us an email, please write to us at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. And if you'd like to learn more about some automotive-related subjects that – we examine in more depth maybe you should check out the blog right scott oh yeah the blog we um right you know work on it every day and um a lot of stuff comes up on the blog that you know is daily news you know that type of stuff that, that's a little more uh, current than what we can do here on the podcast where you know we're covering articles and you know past article topics but um on the blog we cover daily news and you know what's happening so yeah it's a good place to go thanks so much we'll see you next time For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.